0: Hello and welcome to Hong Kong Heritage. Paul Chater was a major Armenian businessman here who came from Calcutta and was a founding father of modern Hong Kong. He also created an amazing art collection, some of which became the start of the city's museum system. In this week's programme, Jonathan Wattis of Wattis Fine Art shows me prints of some of those early works as well as some exquisite artwork dating back 200 years.
1: I'd like to tell you a story which is that I was asked to curate an exhibition on early Hong Kong later this year on on a bigger scale, which is, is always a challenge, but an interesting challenge, because within the gallery we have four... Reasonable size walls, but if you can go into a big space, then you uh, you have more options, more choice, and I'm looking forward to that. And uh, the theme of the show possibly will be the Chater Collection, a new chapter. The reason I bring this out is because the Chater Collection was a wonderful book that was put together in 1924 by James Orange, and the book was a catalogue of a collection of pictures over 400 items that belonged to. Paul Chater who was one of the founding fathers of business in Hong Kong and he was involved with so many businesses along with Modi um, and he was involved with the Chater Reclamation which is the first major reclamation in Central. He was also a very wealthy businessman, Armenian by origin, came from Calcutta um, and set up and developed a a big business empire. Anyway he acquired this collection through James Orange, who became a famous architect in the early 20th century, and the collection had been put together by uh, a member of the Maritime Customs, uh, Chinese Imperial Maritime Customs, who had put this together, I can imagine, in the late 19th and early 20th century, through his contacts in London in the trade. So the trade is something I know about because that's how I get my material, and a lot of it on on China and Hong Kong comes from London, but I also acquire it from all around the world now. It's a global exercise. So I thought a good point of starting this exhibition that we're going to be holding next week was to discuss a little bit about the book called The Chater Collection and inside it and some of the pictures we have and also the fact that the book only went up to 1860 and that's a very good starting point because it's the early part of, say, that the chapter on Hong Kong is fascinating. But clearly, 1860, Hong Kong had moved from being a, a village to a town and it had not become the city and, and the ever-changing city is so fascinating. So there's a lot of things, that more that can be added to it. So that's why I thought this was a good way to start because it was arguably the first collection of pictures that was put together... Um, on China and Hong Kong of any merit. So, let's have a look. <laughs>
0: so uh, this is the collection of, uh, the Chater collection of Sir Paul Chater, the Armenian businessman. So these items that are in here, are they part of collections elsewhere? Did they all disappear over time?
1: A lot of the collection uh, disappeared at the time of the Second World War, the time of the Japanese invasion to Hong Kong. Um, and it was believed that some of it may have been buried, in the ground and some of it may have been buried under government house and uh, there were many stories and, that came out about about that but uh, certainly a lot of it went missing. Um, so aren't
0: you tempted to get a crane and get going? government <laughs>
1: house? I think a lot of people have had a go around town to look for it and I'm sure there are some more tunnels to be explored but um, what we do know is that certain amount of it turned up through some very... Um, clever people who had been involved and managed to survive the war. Some people found elements of it which they collected in Macau. Um, so somehow it got spread out. But what we have to know about the Chater Collection, just to put it in perspective, is that it was uh, just over, it was about 400, 450 odd items. And the rarest, of course, of the rare were the paintings because the paintings are unique. And then the, w- also within the collection, you have the prints so the prints take on different forms so you, you can get aquatints and mezzotints and copper engravings and lithographs and even although it's at an early stage chromolithographs which was which was colored lithography which was just in its infancy in 1860 so so it is fascinating and what they do is list The pictures in it. So the Hong Kong chapter is very interesting, but a little as I say, a little shallow because it only the very beginning of Hong Kong.
0: Let's have a look at a couple of those from early Hong Kong then.
1: One of the early pictures in in the Hong Kong section is a mezzotint after George Chinnery. And it depicts Dr. Morrison translating the Bible. And the date is incorrect because it's 1820 in the Chater collection because Chenery arrived in China in 1825. So the actual taking of the uh, the, the drawing of this by Chenery would have probably been about 1830. Um, And we do have a small image of this in our our coming show. The Reverend Robert Morrison uh, with his two Chinese assistants and they are translating the Bible. And this is quite important. Um, So Morrison was um, a very early character in, in China in terms of coming to Macau um, and he also worked in the Malacca College College um, of Southwest Malaysia. And um, he he was involved with setting up the first Protestant chapel which was in Macau, which has so much history and there's so many people involved uh, with it over time and, and, and the graveyard's are a fascinating place, as you will know. So this is here we have him translating the Bible. So that's that's uh, picture number three in the... Um, well, item number three, it's picture number two. Because picture number one is Queen Victoria, but... Uh,
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs>
1: <laughs> picture number three is the waterfall.
0: What, at Aberdeen?
1: At Aberdeen, yes, because wow. this, this is the uh, regarded as the earliest picture of Hong Kong, uh, which was by Havel. And um, I believe the original watercolour is in the Hong Kong uh, Museum uh, of Art. Um, and on that point I should point something out which was the Chaita collection was left by Sir Paul Chaita to the Hong Kong people and it was the foundation stone of the Hong Kong Museum which was then in City Hall of course this has all evolved and now we have a number of museums but he left that, it was a legacy to Hong Kong so this collection is important because it was the, part, the start of the museum system in Hong Kong as well
0: so there's the waterfall. Now, where would that be today? I say because I come into Aberdeen every day, so it is, for me it's quite fascinating. I think,
1: I think that one is probably in Wafu and it's a <laughs> forlorn drip. With lots of lapsat, which people kindly, (laughs) very bravely, go and clear up every year.
0: But that was actually, was that um, a place for fresh water, for, for boats coming in? It was a
1: very important port of call around Aberdeen. There were more than one waterfall. There were, I think, one or two. And what happened was the East India Company ships that came out from UK, the big trading companies like the East India Company, they would come out to try and trade on their journey out, they would be coming through the Straits of Sunda and having been at sea around the Cape for many, many t- uh, days and weeks, they could only replenish in the Straits of Sunda, which is the, between uh, Java and Sumatra. And the water was really poor quality there, really brackish. When they arrived in Hong Kong, the water was c- cascading and really fresh. It was a mini paradise. Water is really important. And so when they arrived, they were really happy to get the water. So, important part of uh, Hong Kong history.
0: I'm talking with Jonathan Wattis. Jonathan and Vicky Wattis will be showing an exhibition starting this Thursday called Recent Acquisitions 2014, a collection of paintings, prints, photographs and maps Relating to East Asia today, of course, to put it under the Hong Kong Heritage label, we're concentrating yes. on Hong Kong and the Pearl River Delta. But there are going to be items even as far flung as Krakatoa.
1: Now, another picture we come to here is um, another large plate mezzotint.
0: What is a mezzotint?
1: A mezzotint is a type of print. It's a very difficult printing technique, but it could you could they used it for portraiture. They would get a copper plate, and they use a tool like a it's called a rocker, I think, where they what they do is they black out the plate they make the whole plate black and they and they go from black to white so they put in the white bits so so it's basically a black ground instead of a normal print which would be a white ground so it's a, it's a highly technical and highly skilled operation and it was a kind of style that was used for portraiture, but uh, before before photography. So that is, you can see how large it is, there is Sir Hen- Henry uh, Pottinger holding the draft of the Treaty of Nanking, seated at his table, with all sorts of Chinese documents. Through the window you can see the Nanking pagoda, because that's where the treaty was signed, well, in 1842, I believe, and then ratified in 1843. And that was uh, Hong Kong becoming British. So this is rather grand, and he was the first governor of Hong Kong, although there was an administrator before him called Charles Elliot. He appointed somebody as a sort of stand-in governor called Johnston for a short while. Here we have an aquatint which will also be in the show, which is as far away as I'm going to go for the time being, which is a view on the island of Krakatoa, And this is absolutely beautiful, because it's like a garden paradise. And it was done by John Webber, who was the artist on Cook's third voyage, visited various places in the Pacific. But Krakatoa, he visited and he painted, and he actually produced three beautiful aquatints of Krakatoa.
0: So if he was on James Cook's third voyage, when would that have been? 1780s,
1: 1785. After Cook had passed away in Hawaii. The, the voyage went on and it came round via Macau. Weber was still there and he actually did two pictures of Macau as well when he was there. The, the Krakatoa of course was in the Straits of Sunda, almost right in the middle of the Straits of Sunda between Sumatra and Java and as you, you, you will know that in 18, uh, 1880 or thereabouts, very near that date, there was the big explosion of Krakatoa which Kind of caused, I think, the climate to change for a, for a little while. It was one of the biggest uh, explosions, and and the, and the island disappeared.
0: When I walked into the uh, gallery today, you were um, showing me these first. These are absolutely gorgeous. You've got uh, a, a chap here who's um, preparing some calligraphy, and uh, one that uh, well, they're both ca- are they both calligraphy writers or?
1: Well, uh, I think the calligraphy writer, um, he's Chinese. And this is a um, a gouache painting, meaning. And, and gouache is a type of water watercolor. It's based. It's a water based paint, um, but they use like a chalk fixer. They use something that um, gives it a bit more weight, and also the, the and the colours become brighter. So the Chinese export painters who are working in Canton uh, are around near the factories, behind the factories in China Street. They 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 like using gouache, and uh, it's very very pretty because the brights are very um, they're very vibrant, and so this is very beautiful. And I believe he's actually painting calligraphic papers for the Chinese New Year. And then next to him, this is an absolutely charming seated uh, painting of a Chinese a Chinese man painting lanterns, and and then he's got all these lovely little. Uh, Bowls full of different colors. And so on top of a, a beautiful table, and he's seated on a stool, and he's painting one lantern, and beside him is another lantern, and he's wearing this Chinese conical red hat. Now, I think those are exquisite, and they were painted in Canton. About 1800. These are early ones.
0: What I'm looking at is over 200 years old.
1: I believe it is. Although they were, it's hard to actually date them precisely because they were painted between 1800 and 1840. Well, 1790 and 1840 for the export market. I've been doing some research on 1840s Hong Kong and I've got this wonderful listing of China traders in Victoria in the autumn of 1845, right? Very early. And that they basically list all the different trades and the names of everybody. The reason for me telling you this is because we go to one of the pages, and there's only a very small list because there aren't many people, but um, one of the pages, on page 30, 35, list of Chinese trades, there is rice paper painters... Too known. So when Hong Kong was starting, then they would have moved from either Canton or Macau to Hong Kong. A very bold move because they didn't know which way the wind was going to go. Um, and here they are named Dun's Row, Hon Sing. I've never heard of him. Chinam's Nam's Row. So a Chinam's Row, which is in the Queen's Road, by the way. Sun Kwah. Well, Sun Kwah is very famous. He's well known. And uh, I think he was also working in Canton and then in Hong Kong. So uh, there he is, rice paper painting.
0: My thanks to Jonathan Wattis. The exhibition, Recent Acquisitions 2014, starts at Wattis Fine Art in Hollywood Road this coming Friday. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.